Welcome to the Earn More Tutoring Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick and I'll be your host. This podcast is all about how to earn more money tutoring. Whether you are a teacher, academic coach, or educational therapist, you are going to learn ways to optimize your approach so you can earn more. Today's guest is Stephanie Pitts. Stephanie Pitts is the owner of My Ed Therapist, an educational therapy group practice in Redondo Beach, Palos Verdes, and virtually nationwide. She works with students one-on-one to help parents get a full picture of what is going on with their children, reading reports, conducting assessments, and creating and attending individualized learning plans and meetings. Known as the Game Whisperer, with a collection of over 200 games she uses with her clients, Stephanie expertly weaves fun and play into her work with clients to help them have more fun learning and make better connections between kids, parents, and educators. Stephanie is also the co-host of the Learn Smarter podcast and also does professional coaching through the Learn Smarter Pro course. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Just to start... How did you, you know, get started? Like, were you going to be a teacher? Did you always know you wanted to be a therapist? And how did the journey to kind of what you're doing begin? You know, it's interesting because I started out, I always knew I wanted to teach and I went and got my master's in education and then I was teaching and I didn't love it. Not the teaching aspect. I love to actually teach, but I didn't love the bureaucracy. I didn't love all the things that came along with it. And I, back in the day, I put my uh, resume into a nanny agency looking to travel with a family as a nanny in the summers because I was like, I want to travel and do something and get paid while I do it. So actually what ended up happening is a family saw my resume and um, they traveled the world and wanted someone with a teaching background to help homeschool the kids while we traveled. So I left teaching to do that. And I ended up working for that family for nine years. And um, the reason that I knew about ed therapy is because one of the kids had an ed therapist Mm. suggested by um, a neuropsychologist. And when I saw what the ed therapist was doing, it was basically what I was doing with the kids after school with their homework and helping them just learn how to learn. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, but they aren't listening to me as much because I'm like a parent to them. So, um, so I actually researched and found the, um, program at Cal State Northridge for educational therapy. And at the time I couldn't really do it because of my job and hours. And then a few years later, it worked out that I could all of a sudden. And so my hours changed. And so I did that program and I honestly wasn't somebody that thought like I would ever start a private practice. I thought I would just be, you know, working in somebody else's practice. And then as time went on and I started to like sit there and think, oh, maybe I can do this or, you know, getting clients and whatnot on the side. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm doing this. And it just sort of blossomed from there. So it wasn't, I figured out as a kid, I had a, someone who helped me. She wasn't really a tutor. She was more of an ed therapist actually. And, but of course she wasn't called that. And so when that all made sense to me, I, it was, I was more passionate about it. 
Wow. Okay. So that's an amazing, yeah. Like what a lucky, not lucky, but just like fortuitous experience, I guess. Yeah. Just very like, yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, sometimes you get led to things and, and you just got to listen. So that's just how that happened. Now, so with the nanny experience, were you, you were traveling with them and teaching their kids? Mm Mm-hmm. That must have been amazing. Where did you where did you go on your journeys? Uh, well, I've been to not all of them with them, but I know that I've been to 31 countries wow. and we would go for months at a time and I would they had a lot of children. So all different ages. You know, when we were in places that it was really hot in the middle of the day, I would take the kids and do school with them like wow. after lunch in the middle of the day. And, um, I would just teach to every single kid and, you know, being in different grades and just working on, you know, things that they liked and making it, trying to make it as fun as possible while we traveled. I didn't have a lot of resources with me, but, you know, I was trying to make it as fun as possible. And, um, so, you know, it was, it was, it was one of those things that I just loved the one-on-one experience. And just really being able, you know, I raised those kids. So it, it, I knew them really well and I knew what made them tick and I knew what, how to help them. And it just was so fulfilling instead of a large group. It was just so fulfilling to be able to reach each kid. And when I went back to school for educational therapy, you know, it was another two-year program, a post-master's certificate, basically another master's in my opinion, but even though it doesn't say it, but you know, it, it was, it was a lot of work and I learned a lot, but a lot of the things that, you know, if you're an, a true educator, which I believe you are as well, I think you just, you learn from experience and every bring something in new and you figure it out and you just, you have a drive to make it work for that kid. And, and for me, especially as a kid that struggled in school, I was a late reader and I just, I knew what it felt like and I was embarrassed and, you know, there's so much shame about all of that. And, and I just, I I never thought that I was smart and it wasn't until an adult that I realized what was all the things that were going on that, Oh, now it makes sense. And I just wanted to help those kids too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I totally empathize with that. It's such a gift to be able to work one-to-one with someone and help them problem solve around everything and not just like, be like, sorry, I got to run to the next kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Or there's 15 other kids that need my help. So I'm sorry, figure it out. You know, I mean, there were plenty of times in the classroom where, you know, you could devote a minute or two to a kid and that's when back when things were in person, obviously, but you could, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, two kids started throwing things or, you know, who knows what, and you were like, you're managing behavior and you're managing learning and you're managing it's, it was just so much. I really didn't feel like I was making the difference that I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's clear now that you're making that difference and you're able to teach that to others who are also, you know, making that impact on, on others. And I wonder like, how did you get that first client? You know, was it already built in because you had worked with this family or, you know, Mm. how did you get your first clients? Well, 
my first clients were really through a, um, uh, an agency that, um, I knew and had worked with, with, with the family before. And, um, so I knew them. And so I joined their team and that's sort of how I started. And then the way that I got clients, like my, like clients on my own was just a lot of like word of mouth, people who knew me, I knew a lot of people in the area. And so that happened. And, and then sort of, I decided to move into another part of LA. And so I really count the first client there as my real first client, because it was a, a recommendation from a psychologist Mm -hmm. who I had reached out to and just networked with. And, um, that one really felt like my, my first client. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so it sounds like, yeah, it was based on your professional relationship rather than. Yeah. A personal one. Exactly. Mom, mom saying, you know. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. So that one, that one, and it sort of, you know, I got a few clients and it just sort of, it kept building and, you know, it took time, but eventually it just, um, I started getting really busy and I couldn't, I, I couldn't have, you know, there weren't enough hours in the day mm-hmm. and that just, you know, made it clear as well that there was such a need and I, you know, I, I can only do so much. Right. Like I can only sit in the seat so much. There's only so many hours of the day. And so that just led me to want to have a group practice as well. So it just sort of went from there. Yeah. And I'd love to hear more about that. Like, so how did you, what I encounter so often is we love working with you, Sean, but how could anyone do what you do? Or, you know, it's like that relationship you have. Um, but it's also a process, right? Like you teach them a process, you build a relationship. How did you go from being just providing a therapist services alone to scaling up? And, you know, how did you make that transition? Well, I started getting more calls than I could take. And, um, I actually, a woman that had taken the, that was in the same Cal State Northridge program as I was, but later on had actually, was actually moving down to my area of LA and her, um, where she was moving to is across the street from my office. And so she saw my sign and said, huh, okay, there's that therapy practice down here. So she contacted me. And so we met for coffee and we were chatting and, you know, she wasn't really interested in starting her own practice. So I invited her to join me and that's where it started. Nice. And so how did you introduce that? Yeah. what? Yeah, that's actually kind of an incredible example. She just saw your sign. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, how did, how did, uh, how did you switch from being a, I guess, educator to also being, you know, managing and teaching an adult? You know, what was that process like? And was it the same? Did you have, you know, what, what kind of stuff did you learn? Well, I didn't, I, it, there's, it's twofold. The first thing is I have a biz bestie and her name is Rachel. And so she and I would experience, we have a podcast together as well called Learn Smarter. And we started doing things together, but separately. 
So she would encounter something and problem solve and say, oh, okay, here's, here's what we need to do. Or I would encounter something and vice versa. So we had each other for a lot of, let's figure out the business end of things. Because you go to school to do your craft. You don't go to school to start a business. And we started um, joining you know, different women's business groups. Mm-hmm. And I got a business coach mm-hmm. and that's how I learned a lot of the stuff that I know and how to run a business and all of that. That's yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, for someone who's just listening at home and wants to get started on that process, were there any, I mean, it sounds like joining a business group is a huge step if they're thinking about scaling up. What other resources were helpful to you? Like, were there any books that you were like this help me think differently. A lot of podcasts. Mm -hmm. Podcasts are great. I mean, I'm obviously a a podcaster since I have my own podcast. Um, I prefer to listen, but I, you know, I do, I, I wasn't really reading a lot of, I've read a couple of books, but I wasn't really reading a lot of books about business stuff and how to, you know, have a team. I was reading more and listening because I definitely like listening better, but I was listening to books more about how to help learners and things like that. And so um, I I was listening to podcasts and there's a lot of people out there. And when I got connected to this business community, it just, the amount that I learned exploded. Mm -hmm. And so having somebody and, and using those kinds of resources to help because somebody else has been in your shoes. Somebody else has navigated it. Somebody else has come out the other side. Either it went well or it didn't, right? You, But you, you know, you learn from experience. And I think, you know, when there were issues and or I was experiencing something, I had a tribe that I could sit there and say, what do I do? How do I handle this? Yeah. And, you know, the business coach would also help me say, are you looking at this? You should be looking at this things that I, it never would have occurred to me. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, I'm a lifelong learner, just like I want the kids to be the clients that I work with, you know, teaching them to be lifelong learners is, is important. And although teaching kids just came naturally to me, that's the easy part. Like Mm -hmm. me sitting in the chair, working with the kids that's super easy for me, but I'm not one to just take the easy route. Like I want to learn and push myself and see what I can do and where I can go. And, and, you know, I, so my learning curve has been on the business side of things. Yeah. And, you know, here we are five years in and I I feel like it was several lifetimes ago that I started the practice the amount that I've learned. Like, it's just, it's just so different. And I love every second of it. I sit there and think back, hmm, if I had known, I wonder if I would have, I sort of went into it blindly. If I had known, would I have done it? I don't know. I might've been too scared, but now that I'm here, hundred percent, I'm glad that I did it. So that was five years ago that you finished the Cal State Northridge program? Yeah, well, I guess it'll be, yeah, it was 2015. So I guess it's 2021. So I guess it's coming up on six this year. Wow, that's amazing. No, just because from your website and your team and everything, it looks like 
you've been in practice for 20 years. It's just so yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, but no, it was five years ago. But you can do a lot in five years when you put your mind to it, of course. hundred percent. I I had my first team member in 2017. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a couple of years later. Yeah. How did you, how did you go from your initial partner or, you know, not partner, but, you know, a uh, person you, that was working under you and you were coaching and supervising to building a team? Like what, I'm sure not everyone just saw your sign and walked in. Like, how did you build up your team? You know, it's, um, it's funny because there's a lot of different ways that different people found me. Um, I had several people just reach out to me and ask if I was hiring originally. Actually, my first two people found me that way. Um, And then after that, you know, putting ads up and making sure that it was a good job description and job posting, um, and then using my network to say, I'm hiring. Does anybody know anybody? Um, and then from there, other team members have, have brought on other educators that they knew. And so it's just, um, grown from there. I had, I had a team member for a while and she, her son was a client Mm -hmm. and she was just so invested in the mission that she wanted to join the team as well. And, um, she couldn't, stay because of a job conflict, but she would still be on the team if, if that wasn't the case. So it just, it came and she was an educator. So, um, it just, you know, from all different places, you just never know. Yeah. And so if you're open about it, it, you know, things just, things just happen and you got to like look and listen and, and, you know, just telling my, my network, people who I know what it is, you know, what I do and, and who I do it for and what I, what I'm looking for. And, you know, people are so surprised because a lot of people don't know what educational therapy is. And, you know, people, a lot of people didn't know that I had a business um, or that I had t- a team or anything like that. So, you know, getting it out there and talking about it is, has been, helped me and been successful so far. Yeah. So it sounds like just putting your energy out there in different avenues has brought in what you needed, basically gifted you or, you know, in a, way. a little bit. I mean, you know, the same way I think sometimes, you know, people find things or find or looking for something and looking, you know, just like you looking for something else, like, is this it? Yeah. And, um, you know, trying to find another career path within education and people finding me. Um, and I know finding others, you know, just, just like you happened upon having that, uh, you know, talk with Kara and then like, look how things changed. And then you found me. It's true. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it's, it can, you just, you just never know. Yeah. It also sounds like you've been super intentional about, your outreach in different avenues. Like I know, you know, you're doing the Instagram thing. You have the learn smarter group coming up um, or Mm -hmm. you you have a lot of different outreach campaigns. I'd love for you to share more about like of those, which do you find have been the most beneficial to your mission or like, which ones are you like, you definitely gotta be doing this, this, and this, maybe not so much this one. I tried it for, you know, whatever. What do you recommend as far as 
you know, marketing and putting your brand and message out there? You know, that's a good question. And I'm not sure I have a straight answer because, um, you know, social media doesn't necessarily, and the podcast doesn't, doesn't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily bring in compliance, but what it does do is help put me out there as an expert in our field. And having a little bit of a different approach myself. And, you know, there was a space because there wasn't a podcast about educational therapy. So there was the space there. And I think a lot of people do, you know, really like connecting. And when you connect with a lot of different people and, and professionals in different arenas and things like that, you just, it, it just brings from all different walks of life and all different, you know, oh, my sister's kid needs help. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, you never know. And I think that, you know, one of the reasons that we started this um, Learn Smarter Pro that's coming up is because there was nobody out there to teach us how to do it, how to start the practice and how to get the practice you want. And so now that I, you know, now that Rachel and I have been through it, we wanted, this is something that we would have wanted when we came out of school. And that's sort of where our intention is because somebody sitting there saying, have you tried this, do this, it making those little adjustments and pivots and things that you definitely never think of can be a game changer. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I don't think that there's any one avenue that I've used that has been, that I can sit there and say, this is the way to go. It it just, I don't think that it works like that for me. I mean, it might for other people, but not for me. I think I just, um, you know, I like to do all the things. And I like to work with all the different clients. Like I don't, like I'll go from, you know, a third grader to a senior mm-hmm. the next hour. And that's just sort of my personality because I like to jump around and um, not get bored of teaching the same thing. So I think that's sort of where everything comes from in like how I've built the practice because I have a team that has very different skills. I... Um, like you said, like I've got a little bit here, there and everywhere. That's just, that's just a little bit of who I am. So, um, I guess, does that answer your question enough? Yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, it's like what I'm taking from it is that it's not a cookie cutter response. You have to be flexible and, and, you know, go down one road if it's working, you know, but maybe pivot, like you said, to something yeah. else if that's, so I have another question about that, but I want to. I want to refine this answer or, or, you know, ask more about it, which is how do you get it all done? You know, like it, you, we talked a little bit about how you got a team and, mm-hmm. you know, but how do you get those posting up every day? Do you record a video and send it to your team and they edit it? Or like, how does Stephanie make it all happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, it's having a team. It's having a team for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a business manager 
Mm-hmm. I couldn't do all the things without her. It sort of started with um, billing and I couldn't keep up and I couldn't, it, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. And I was spending so much time in the business that I couldn't work on the business. Mm-hmm. And so I have somebody that does social media for me. She comes and she records and we talk about the plan and we meet weekly and discuss what is going to go up and how. And, and, you know, I've got my business manager and I've got, we've got a podcast editor and we've got, you know, it's just the support because that is not my expertise. Yeah. And when you have people in your life that support you in their expertise, Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, at first, when I was first starting out, of course I was doing all the things, but it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. So that's how I have to get it all done. Yeah. So you, you, you delegate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's, and it's like I guess for those people starting out, you know, and I feel like I'm kind of moving towards what you're talking about, which is like delegating and being okay with spending money on those things that, like, like you said, you're not getting a direct financial return from posting on Instagram, but you understand the value of it in a way that's maybe bigger, and that's harder to know for the starter, the person starting out, right? Is like, it's the bigger, it's it's the bigger picture. right? Like what, what's your end game? Mm -hmm. And I think looking at it from a point of view of, yeah, when you are first starting out, you have to do all the things Mm -hmm. because you can't afford to pay your bills and have somebody do these things for you. But as soon as you can afford it, I would do it because I, as soon as I started delegating some of those things, the return was even bigger because I had more time to bring in more clients, more time to do other things, to find new team members, to do a lot of networking and and all of that, uh, or even take on more clients if I wanted to. So that's, that's where, you know, it's a, it's, it's that it's a scary, scary jump when you first do it. It's really scary, but if, if you don't, it just, I, I mean, I talk to business owners who are just on the struggle bus of, you know, staying up really late and not having another, you know, any life or doing, it's just, it's too much. Yeah. And, um, when you can afford it, definitely do it. Yeah. Yeah. Invest in yourself and your well being and your, in your time and your business. Yeah. And your yeah. business. That's really helpful. Yeah. It's just good to chew on for a second. Yeah, I get it. So I wanted to know, like thinking about someone who's okay, maybe they're working with clients, they want to scale up or they're scaling up. Like what endeavors have you found to be profitable? Like, obviously we know as educational therapists that working directly with clients is fulfilling a need and it's profitable. Are there other areas like consulting with schools or things that people should, educators should be thinking about as avenues for earning, earning money, you know, that aren't just direct service with clients and what would you. Yeah. You know, I, I I do think so. I think it depends on, you know, talking to schools and talking to parents or doing, you know, talks and things like that are definitely important. It's, it's not as, um, 
widely understood or known about. So it doesn't make it very easy to use that as a source of income. Um, and I think one of the things that you, you can't spread yourself too thin. Mm-hmm. So I would pick what you want to focus on yeah. and, and focus on that and see sort of what, once you've got something that's sustainable, then you can look outside and see what else is going on out there that you can do. But trying to do some of those things simultaneously, you're never going to give your full effort. So pick one thing. Yeah. My brother always tells me that he lives down in LA. He's an artist, but he does well. And um, he's like, stop pivoting. Just focus on like <laughs> get better at what you're doing and keep improving. And then, you know, bring yeah. Up. And don't give up. Sometimes it feels like there's times that you want to give up and then it's not going to be sustainable, but it, if you stick with it, it will be. Yeah. That's, that's good advice. Thank you. So I'm wondering, like, you know, you were saying something about if I'd known then would I have this, you know, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that. Like what, what do you know now that you're like, you really want to avoid this. You really want to focus on this. Like what, what are some things that come up for you with that sentence starter? You know, if I, um, I would say have, what I know now, I know now to have um, a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I know now to um, have a CPA and a bookkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so those sorts of things are really important. I think if I had known, like what I know now is that it is a huge undertaking, but if you have support either from friends or other people, other business owners, you you will get through it and come out the other side. So, um, accomplished and, and proud. Like if everybody could own a business, if it were easy, everybody would, it's not easy. And you're going to have to be in the trenches and, you know, there's times where I've had conversations with parents that have been just icky and I just don't, oh, it just, it, you know, the pit in your stomach type of scenario and you get through it and you learn something from it. So I, I guess I'm just saying again, you know, stick with it mm-hmm. and get your tribe and uh, you can do it. Yeah, you got to believe. Mm-hmm. Gotta believe first. That's really helpful. I'm so curious. Like, where does the have a lawyer? I mean, of course, that you know, everyone, I guess, knows. Like, yeah, of course, you want to have a lawyer. But where do you where do you see that coming up in our type of practice? You know, where- you know, our type of practice stuff is you know protecting yourself and making sure that um, you're having the appropriate forms signed by clients, and if you have a team. You have, you're following the law mm-hmm. um, and making sure that you're doing all the things that, you know, is required for your state and your city and all of that. And just having insurance and all that, you know, it's, it's important to have all those things. I, they're expensive, but when you get to the point that you need them, you're going to get them. Yeah. And it sounds like that would be 
those are that's critical information. Is that stuff you talk about in your course, or is that more of a? Yeah, yeah. It's it's all the it's all the the things that you need to know about how to uh, either start a practice or you know if you're a new practice to um, get take it to the next level. Because you know if you're just a some people only want to be just, you know, in their house, small, little, it's just me practice. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Um, and that's, that's fine, but that's not what I wanted. Yeah, I, I hear that. I'm on the same page with you there. And <laughs> as far as the CPA and bookkeeper, like, as far as I use QuickBooks and T-sheets to like track my contractor's work and stuff, do you have any recommendations on it? It feels like such a unique area, you know, and you can also go into that more in depth and learn smarter pro. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, we, <laughs> we, we do, we go in more in depth about like, here's what we've tried. Here's what we like. Here's what, you know, there's a lot of programs out there. And I think a lot of it is like personal choice Yeah, and what works for you. Um, you know, at first I, like, I wasn't trying to use QuickBooks because I don't, didn't want to learn QuickBooks. It's mm-hmm. confusing. Yeah. If you know it, great go for it. If you don't find something that's a little more user-friendly and, or hire someone that can do it for you. Yeah. Just be able to be okay with giving that responsibility to someone else when that, when the time comes. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. One, one more main question. Mm -hmm. How do you go about raising your rate? Tell us about that process. You know, I know I'm a person who's always looking to continue to value my time more. Um, how do you go about that process? Well, it's a little bit hard right now, um, given the times Mm -hmm. and, um, but you know, um, you make a, a a reasonable choice and, you know, just like you get, you know, when you go to your hairdresser, how do they raise rates when you go to, um, you know, any sort of service provider that you, you use, look at how they've raised rates on you and feel like there's such an emotional attachment and, and fear, but how did you receive it as the client mm-hmm. and keep that in mind? Yeah. Cause it's not like you're forcing anything on you. You're saying, Hey, if you want this, this is what I offer. And mm-hmm. you know. yeah, because you've had people raise rates on you before. If you think back to it. Yeah. When you've had to pay for things. Mm -hmm. It's, it is what it is. It's just, you know, be reasonable about it, of course, Mm -hmm. but it's, um, take out the emotion. Yeah. That's hard to do as an educational therapist, you know, for such with emotion and it's a part of our, I'm imagining our, our makeup and yeah. So, but also wearing that business owner hat, that must be really yeah, you got to switch hats. And also just think about how on the receiving end, what did you what did you say have you like for you as an example, what have you give me an example of somebody who's raised a rate on you? Um and my hairstylist or you know my Yeah, yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. And she didn't say, you know, whatever, she didn't say anything else after that. She just Exactly. Funny. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So remember when you're the, the, the person raising that that's going to be the same reaction, like, okay, 
it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So be reasonable. Mm-hmm. So don't, you know, you can't raise a hundred dollars, but you know, if you're reasonable, people will say, okay. Yeah. Being reasonable. I think, yeah. You know, cause yeah, that makes sense. I'll leave that for the audience to digest. Yeah, exactly. So last question for this episode, mm-hmm. um, what for someone who wants to earn more tutoring and I'm saying tutoring in the general sense of educating and one-on-one work. Yeah. Wherever they are, what piece of advice would you give to them and what, you know, and how did you learn that yourself? You know what you're doing. So, so don't second guess yourself. Um, imposter syndrome is a huge thing and trust yourself. That's the, the most important thing that you do know what you're doing and that's enough. That's powerful stuff. I hope everyone listening hears that, takes it in and takes action in their own life to, uh, to continue to earn more in what you're doing. Yeah. Stephanie, thank you so much for, for everything you've shared today. And if you oh, want to know more about Stephanie, where, where can they go to, to learn more about what you're doing? They can find me on all of the things. Uh, the practice is called My Ed Therapist. So you can find me at uh, www.myedtherapist.com on social, My Ed Therapist, um, and learnsmarterpodcast.com or wherever you find your podcasts. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm around. Awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. I'm so glad that you invested in yourself today by listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and the content that I am offering, please leave a five-star review and a comment below. Next, crush that subscribe button and join me weekly so you can hear more stories of educators just like you who figured out a way to earn more tutoring and take control of their money, time, and life. Thanks so much for joining and see you on the next episode.